Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we're looking at 16 years of DC animated movies to see which stories are sweet and which ones are sour on yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year the world was introduced to a little heroine named Lara Croft. <laughs> that was her debut year. Fresh hero. Um, they accidentally went a little bit too far in certain feature and they mm. said, let's go with it. And... That's history for you guys. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I see it. Um, it's all coming full circle. I should I say square? I guess because of that feature. <laughs> very pointy, very pointy and danger. <laughs> Get to the point of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in a very similar introduction, we are talking about another heroine that was introduced to us. Um, very similar name, too. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> was this planned <laughs> in this movie it's kind of uh not well we'll get to it we'll, we'll get, get to it, it. <laughs> yes because the hero we were talking about today is supergirl because we were talking about batman well rather superman batman apocalypse they're still fighting over who gets the um the top title card i guess <laughs> <laughs> they keep fighting <laughs> Uh, at a runtime of 78 minutes, this is our next film in our sweet and sour best of throughout the DC years. As we were talking about the 2010 film that was released by DC Entertainment and Warner Premiere, we welcome Lauren Montgomery to director seat, who has done such great work already in the DC universe, animated universe and stuff that we've seen. Like she was a co-director on Crisis on Two Earths. And she also went on to actually um, direct the Wonder Woman film, probably the best Wonder Woman film we've ever had. Oh, good. Not the other one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Dear Lord, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're looking forward to her more of her work, then definitely um, she's actually done a lot of episodes of Legend of Korra and slated to be the director for the Paramount Pictures version of the last Airbender film, film, not the Netflix one that they're trying to create. <laughs> Um, just so that we can mentally prepare ourselves, I um, just want to say this is a PG-13 film. We have to make sure of that because we've been realizing there has been some very adult themes in a lot of these DC entertainment stuff recently. Yeah, they've been going hard. Yeah, <laughs> been, it's like a, a really wild, like uh, Power Girl. And um, I guess also a lot of the scenes that are happening in this film, too, which we'll talk about soon. <laughs> Um, but the main plot for this is really is the aftermath of the Public Enemies film that we just reviewed. So now it's basically that that same meteor that um, was making its way towards Earth that got destroyed, pieces of it, pieces of it fell to Earth. And now from it, we get Supergirl who is entering through that meteor. And this could be a spoiler, but this is 
you know, this possibly, but this may be adapted. I'm 90% sure if you've been keeping up with Young Justice, this is probably going to be season five. <laughs> yeah, it'll feel feels like that's where they're leaning towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know, please renew Young Justice on HBO Max. Uh, I don't think he's gotten it yet as of today. <laughs> Yeah, just st- just stop playing around. Just keep it going. Everyone's right, exactly. You created two whole networks, two whole like uh, streaming services for it. Like at this point, just give it to us. Yeah, come on, come on. All right. So because um, this is a bit of a sequel, it actually is a sequel to our Public Enemies film. The cast list is pretty much the same. We got Tim Daly, Superman, Kevin Conroy as Batman. We do have some new players coming in as we have Summer Glau, who you'll know her from Firefly to Serenity to Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles and Dollhouse. She is voicing um, Cara Zorel in our film. Next, we have Susan Eisenberg, who rounds out our Trinity here as she returns as the voice of Wonder Woman. You'll know her as the animated voice of Wonder Woman in the um, Tim Dinnyverse. Then we got uh, Julia Grossman, who's voicing Barda. Um, big Barda for the comics, but Barda for our film here. Next up, you know him as Santa in several films, especially like an elf. <laughs> Carl Fredrickson, you'll also know that name because of that character in Up. But more importantly, Edward Asner is voicing Granny Goodness today. You know what? I vibe with it. <laughs> you know why you vibe with it? He's been voicing Granny Goodness in every single animated production that we grew up in. <laughs> this guy, what a stable job. Right? Being an old, strong grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we wrap up our cast list with a man's voice who basically sounds like Rolling Thunder. That is pulled right from one of his shows as we have Andre Brower, who is voicing our big bad dark side today. Ah, yeah, you need that booming voice, and he's definitely got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's um, boom tube on over to the beginning of our film as we open up to Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. So uh, in a question that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wanted answered, here it is. The blimps around Gotham are revealed to be surveillance drones of some sort, unmanned. And they point light everywhere. Can you imagine, though? Like, you're just walking down the street and this blimp light hits you in the face. Like, you're going to be blinded. Jesus. I was thinking about that. I was like, we technically have something like that already with those, like, random stands the cops keep putting up on all the quote-unquote problem area blocks. And I was like, are did they get this idea from Batman? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it, I don't know why this take anything from Gotham. Nothing works there. But, uh... So, yeah, we're seeing it's directly connected to the last movie because they're talking about the impeachment. They're talking about Superman's uh, testifying. And then all of the exposition is interrupted by a pod landing in the dirtiest river in Gotham City. <laughs> it was so dirty. <laughs> it was disgusting. It was brown. It was nasty. Jesus, guys. <laughs> um, and following that pod that crashes into Gotham Harbor we hear everybody's going frantic over it but Batman immediately jumps in because you know Batman loves them sewers so he jumps into this dirty water to start picking out pieces of kryptonite um this is again the aftermath of public enemies as it's known that this the meteor was supposed to crash and everybody's been talking about that 
So once he picks up a piece, he turns around and sees that there's a giant ship, uh, this kind of like definitely Kryptonian looking ship inside the harbor. So he goes to investigate. But while he's investigating, we see that there is a, um, a person, a long haired person trying to enter the bat boat. And yes, that is the actual name of the device that he is using. <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, don't leave your bat boat door open. Right, Gotham, man. Like, uh, do you know where you are? Like, come on, <laughs> no fingerprint code or anything. <laughs> so Batman chases it with his uh, grappling hook, but he is unable to stop the car before it crashes. The first sign that this is one kind of Batman who doesn't really care about life. Uh, <laughs> there will be many more signs, but this is the first, and. We cut to very, very intricate and a little bit long credits. For this oh, movie. yeah. So long. This was the extra like 18 minutes. I think they added in compared to our last film. <laughs> yeah. What? I, I don't quite understand why <laughs> we, we had so much. Uh, so as the credits finish rolling, we see that the same person who stole the the bat boat is now walking the streets. Um, it's clear that it's a woman who's completely naked as she happens across these three guys who are doing some after work. Um, they are, I guess they're like working, um, they're stocking up a truck or something. And she's trying to talk to them because one of them notices her as one tries to say that, oh, she must be Swedish. So let me go and try and take care of her. And then another guy kind of like backs it up. So this leads to guys why you should, you know, not be creepy um, because they immediately get their asses whooped when as she as one of them tries to extend a hand out to grab at her, she crushes her his fingers. The other one, he gets flung all the way to the end. And I do love this one black man who's a part of this crew who's just like, Nope, I'm not the one. Not today. <laughs> I am going to give her my jackets and I'm going to go along my way. Yeah, I, I do appreciate this guy immediately like, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm here for overtime. I'm not here to get beaten up by an alien. Let's go. Uh, so Supergirl runs out into the street. She almost gets hit by a car and stops it, which prompts the police to start chasing her. Um... What? She almost got hit by a car and miraculously didn't die. Why is the entire Gotham police force not only chasing her, but they start shooting immediately <laughs> as soon as she starts flying? What the hell's going on here, Gotham? I get it. Normally, you should do this, but why Why now? Why are you doing this? <laughs> Gotham PD, I need to see their um their manual, their procedure protocols book because i'm pretty sure there's actually a law in there for them about this because the yeah. fact that they all did it on site is a little weird but as she's flying off at this moment she um catches onto a skyscraper and batman magically appears in his own way to try to stop her from flying even further however um you know because it's batman and his scary ways she immediately kicks him off where he's sent flying causing her to, um, I want to say she flew through either one of the blimps or she heat visioned one of the blimps. Uh, kind of both. Kind of both. both. A little column A, column B. <laughs> so 
now Batman's freaking out because one of these new um, blimps are just like falling through the sky as uh, the girl, she, she now flies off still kind of like very sporadically as Superman flies in to save them, everybody from the blimp um, crashing into Gotham. I like how Batman was like, eh, I don't have this at all. I'm just going to let this happen. His second big disregard for life in this movie. <laughs> um, but luckily, Superman is there to take the blimp, make sure no one gets hurt. Batman knocks out um, Supergirl with a piece of kryptonite that he had saved because you knew he was pocketing that thing. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the most funny right away, like world's greatest detective question mark where he's scanning her and he's like, whoop, she's not human. Bro, did you get that from the fact that kryptonite worked on her? The fact that she could fly or that she survived an explosion? Uh, none of those set you like, oh, maybe she's not human. Why Why is this news, Batman? You're, you're a detective. You figured this out already. <laughs> it's clear that Batman needs his bat computer in order to figure out the simplest things, which means that um, this movie did a great job in giving Batman a crutch here because uh, upon waking up, the girl decides to heat vision Batman's bat computer, completely destroying it. As she once again tries to fly away, scared of her power, she's trying to cover her eyes, but Superman's in the room. So he's able to catch her upon hearing her speak Kryptonian. Yeah. Batman's like, speak English. Um, <laughs> Batman, Yo, or, um... speak tolerance. Okay. Like, <laughs> can't just tell people to speak English like that, which he will later. Um, <laughs> Superman figures out by talking Kryptonian that this is, which is going to annoy me for the rest of the movie. And I'm, I want to address it now because I'm going to say it the way I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call her Kara mm-hmm. in this movie for some damn reason. I'm calling her Kara for the Thank rest you. of the movie. Thank you. I <laughs> do not care about anyone's feelings. Her name is Kara Zorel. That it sounds better. It it's too late to change it now. Um, so he finds out that this is his cousin, and he is going to. He wants to defend her, and we get a brief flashback where she was also set in a rocket as a kid. Uh, well, one sec on that. So she, the rocket explodes in her face and sends her flying through space. How old is she? Yeah, I've been trying to figure this out for <laughs> so long because, you know, but like based off comic book stuff, she's supposed to be a teenager, like somewhere between um, 15 to 18. But they don't really explain something which is a big deal about her being put in a stasis because of the fact that she was hit in the face with this, with this blast. And it does question like, wouldn't she have been technically older because you're not even saying that she was put in the stasis pod? Like Superman grew up when he was in his his ship. Like right. So way is she the same age she left? Is it? Did she grow up during the journey? Yeah, because like it's also weird that like so the, another big plot point too is that like she doesn't have any memory whatsoever. It seems like, and it's like. Is that because she was also a kid that only like really remembers the small stuff? Or is it because she the blast was so hard, she was put in stasis, and now everything is still like coming back? Like, either way, it doesn't make sense. And it's because they missed that big part about her being put in stasis, which I'm mad about. Yeah, they kind of gloss right over it. It, it kind of feels as if 
Krypton exploded and then she ended up here. Mm-hmm. And that was it. There was no other. There, but there's a huge, huge piece of that that does not make sense because of time. Like, theoretically, she should have aged as much as her cousin did. Right. But they just glance over that. Literally every single one, every single time they've introduced Supergirl in any way, they made clear about her being put in stasis. And I'm, ah, that's a that's a demerit for you, film. <laughs> yeah. 50 points from Apocalypse. So, <laughs> speaking of Apocalypse, we head over there where we have a woman named Treasure is fighting to be the top of the Furies, of Darkseid's Furies. And uh, she don't do too well. Uh, because uh, though she has some promise at first, four on one jumping her is just not fair odds. And she is brutally murdered uh, in front of Granny Goodness. And Darkseid tells Granny Goodness, I'm disappointed in your selection. Get a better draft pick. And in fact, I have one right on Earth. I don't know how he knew about it, but uh, he says, go get me Kara Zorel uh, on Earth. And Granny Goodness sets upon doing that immediately. And by immediately, I mean it will take at least two to three months. <laughs> yeah, because um, during those two to three months, we see that um, Clark is really just like loving the fact that he has a cousin now. He loves the fact that he has this connection to Krypton. So he's trying to show her basically his entire world. But from the point of view of him being Clark Kent versus Superman, which does cause some tension between Batman and Superman. Um, but as they're traveling through Metropolis, uh, Kara is going through with Clark, trying to learn what it's like to be an Earth girl. So he decides to do so by taking her shopping. Um, basically, they're going to the mall uh, that Metropolis has. And I do love, I do think this scene was fun because it does tie in a little bit to something that happened before in which upon the destruction of the back computer, um, Superman offers to pay for it. But Batman's just like, you don't have $50,000 on the reporter's salary. So seeing Clark spending all this money on clothes for, for Kara is, is kind of funny because he's like, the, it's the typical you know, kind of like dad taking his do- teenage daughter shopping TV trope, where it's just like he's just flabbergasted at the cost of everything. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a cute scene. Goes on a little long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like this. At one point, she has like a Sailor Moon transformation. It feels like. Yeah, she has like this uh, supposed to be scandalous outfit, and mm-hmm. uh, he's like, "Oh no!" And she's like, "I'll buy it anyway." And it's like, okay, but. We don't still don't really know who she is yet. So it's kind of weird to have the scene. Um, but that aside, uh, they're hanging out. They've had the junk food. Um, Supergirl worries about pieces of dog being in the hot dog. And depending on the universe you're in, that may be a real concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as they're enjoying the day, Superman gets jumped by a bunch of mis- mysterious shadowy figures they try to take Kara before it's revealed it is Wonder Woman and some Amazons trying to take Kara, which leads me immediately to the question, could they have not asked? Yo. <laughs> Yo. Why did they think jumping him in a park was the best way <laughs> to get Kara? It is honestly the dumbest thing i've ever seen because superman has always been the person who would listen to reason like i don't think 
just like just jumping them especially because i'm pretty sure if his if car is at risk and he's like this protective of her in the film already superman would have killed somebody <laughs> like on site killed somebody because we it's a plot point for the rest of the film of how he's going to kill somebody protect her so uh, wonder woman and this um this uh this other hero who is harbinger and batman teamed up to concoct this plan and honestly it is the dumbest plan i've ever seen in my entire life (laughs) yeah i I just don't understand why they thought this was gonna work (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't the easiest way to get car to cooperate is to be like hey do you want to do an internship with the amazons like i don't think that would have been too far-fetched to ask yeah but would you like to just live with them and that's it just like just stay here with them you're still on earth yeah it, you can visit like they're letting you there anyway uh Kara does go along and she trains with the amazons for two months um uh they she learns how to sword fight which sure you know why not <laughs> i guess it doesn't come back later but uh she does learn how to sword fight and in the middle of an intense training match superman steps in prompting car to be like yo what the hell what you can't control my life and he's like yes i can and it's like oh buddy buddy super calm down now calm down mm-hmm. so kara walks away angrily with her friend lila slash harbringer and they the rest of the heroes are just uh enjoying a nice lemonade until they hear a noise Yes, they immediately hear the opening of a boom tube as a as Doomsday comes through. And it is already confirmed in this universe that Doomsday has already killed Superman in the past. So they immediately jump into action. However, Batman does stop them for a split second because he realizes that the boom tube isn't closing as more and more copies of Doomsday start appearing onto the onto the sand. This prompts Diana, uh, Wonder Woman here, to call forth the rest of the Amazons to come into battle as they all um, team up to take down the army of doomsdays that are attacking, all while Lila and Kara are actually having a really nice conversation about um, just basically how Kara feels like she doesn't really have a say in what her life is being dictated towards and Lila comparing that to her own abilities about being able to see the past, the present, and just like the dangers really of those around her and knowing that like these things must play out. So it's a weird comparison, but it's kind of nice to see that Kara, me and the fact that like she hasn't had much agency yet in this entire film does find somebody that she can connect with on how she's feeling about not being able to do what she wants. All while Batman gets battle axe. <laughs> Let let's also stop that right there because two <laughs> movies ago, Superman died to beat one Doomsday. We we mm-hmm. all recognize this, and these might be knockoff clones, whatever. What is an axe gonna do for Batman in this scenario? <laughs> what is the axe made out of? Magic? Bullshit? A combination <laughs> of both? Because there's nothing. There is nothing Batman with an axe is going to do against the Doomsday. Absolutely outrageous. Give him like a laser, uh, a, a bat copter or something. But you telling me an axe is going to do it? No, I refuse. Um, 
so in any way, in any case, they fight for a while. There's a commentary about these doom days are soulless husks, but don't worry, they're not going to follow up on that either. And <laughs> but uh, Superman just hits up B, start select, unleashes his combo move of instantly lasering the army away. He could have led with that, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever. He did it now, and now they're all gone, and they realize something else might be gone as well. But before we do that, there is one line in which Superman says that was just like, basically, the line is that upon unaliving all these doomsdays, he breaks down and states, I didn't want to kill them. And it's just like, agreeing with Diana here, they were never alive. They were not sentient. (laughs) They were literally, you might as well just have been turning on the light on shadows. You were good. (laughs) Like, yeah. It's weird that like he got so sad about that. Like that was the moment that they chose to be like, let's question Superman's moral code about killing. I I don't either way, because we have to talk about another death anyway, because as Batman during the battle, realizing I guess the battle axe wasn't as effective as he thought, uh, realizes that something's wrong. So he heads on over to find Lila and Kara, and he ends up standing above a body of a blonde woman is not known yet at this point but as superman and wonder woman fly on over they immediately think it's Kara because at one point another plot point during the film um harbinger could see the future sees a blonde woman being picked up by superman appearing to be dead and we're all assuming that this person is supposed to be Kara, when in fact it ends up actually being lila who sacrificed herself protecting Kara from being taken by dark side Fortunately, Kara still gets taken by Darkseid. <laughs> yep. And in a brief scene, we see her in jail uh, with Darkseid. And Darkseid gives, you know, his typical bad guy, intimidating speech, biggest conqueror in the room speech. And I suppose it is implied that he does some brainwashing of some sort to Kara. Again, don't worry about it. They're not really going to unpack that at all. But <laughs> he's he's brainwashing Kara. And meanwhile, Superman decides to go with Wonder Woman and Batman to visit a former Fury that is just in the towel. <laughs> the entire scene with her, wind- her blinds are open and everything. So it's not even the fact she just doesn't care. She's Ironically, like, though, for me, she was also the most Jack character of our entire film. I know there was I'll, one I'll other. To her. Yeah, there was one other person who was bigger, but this woman just honestly was felt like she was taller than Superman. <laughs> so we get introduced now to Barda, who is a former Fury, one of Darkseid's Furies. She's actually the former leader of the Furies, the honor guard that Darkseid has on Apocalypse. We briefly learned that she escaped from Apocalypse alongside her husband. Well, common book knowledge is known that her husband, Scott Free or Mr. Miracle, um, two of them broke out from Apocalypse. Uh, and But she's living her life basically in, in this small, quaint cul-de-sac suburbia. And all her neighbors are just freaking out when they see that Superman and Wonder Woman appear. Batman has somehow already broken into the house. Um, I'm a little worried about how long he was just waiting there watching Barda walk around in the towel. Yeah. <laughs> and they have this conversation, just basically, is Superman and the rest of the Trinity catching her up? 
to the fact that they need her help to travel to Apocalypse because Kara was taken and Superman is willing to do anything in order to head over to take down Darkseid to save Kara. And rightfully so, Barda does question a lot about it. She's like, you know, like really kind of testing them to see like, is your head in the game? Do you really know what you're up against? Uh, are you sure you want to protect this person? Like this, you've never done this before. And like, I know the route, but I'm not going to risk my exposure and your lives for someone you don't even think you maybe care about that much. Yeah, and uh, she makes all good points, but uh, she just instantly changes her mind. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, she just goes in her room, is like, all right, we're going, right? And they're like, okay, I guess. Just speeding right along. They take a boom tube to Apocalypse, and uh, they all kind of split up to to a different part of the mission they discussed off screen. Um, Superman punches up from some fire from a dog, <laughs> giant <laughs> dog creature, maybe? Uh, it, Rasheen, it, was kinda, sure. it looked kind of like, a, the, like a, an attempt at the dragon sword. Yeah, right? something like that. Something organic, but metal on the outside. Because I also do want to point out that the um, parademons who were operating this looked a lot like Ninja Turtles. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it was really weird. Like I couldn't Why? <laughs> Why is this design? <laughs> I, it, it, uh, it was so weird. So while <laughs> Superman's fighting the Ninja Turtles, the crossover we didn't get before, um, <laughs> I am now instituting a new rule because I've been seeing this in superhero movies and TV shows so much lately. That I'm now going to point out whenever it's sewer time, whenever the heroes have to two one or more heroes have to just go into the sewer to get around. It's sewer time for Wonder Woman and Barda. And they have a, a nice a little exchange about how Barda uh, was inspired by Wonder Woman and wanted to do better by her. Would this have been great to like build out in a better fashion over mm-hmm. the course of the movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. But here you go. It just happens in the sewer, and then they're in the arena to deal with Furies. And it is an impressive fight. I will give this movie this one thing. Like, right up here is, like, when the impressive fights happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I um, I think the battle between uh, Kara and Artemis was, like, decent at best, but this is when it was just like, okay, we can see that they decided to add in a bit more um, time when it came to the animation of the fights because Barda and Wonder Woman take on the entire list of Furies. That's Guillotina, that's Stampa, that's Lashina, and that's Mad Harriet. I am not making up these names. Um, <laughs> so all being led by Granny Goodness, who's just like acting as general from above. Uh, Superman is getting tackled by some kind of robotic jackal version of Metallos, like just coming at him and batman is doing his best to use like a version of um orion's like travel thing which is called the astro harness a little like um um hoverboard kind of thing to make his way through apocalypse to get to his next st- stage but he, um this fight with Barda and wonder woman is just amazing because we can see how the two of them really work well together especially because we know that Barda is one of the top fighters, was one of the top fighters on Apocalypse. And, she, and it's not even like she was defeated. She, she vacated the title. So, and then to team her up with Wonder Woman, like 
all of these um, fights were amazing because of the fact that Barda points out she trained the Furies. So at this point, everybody is there are people getting killed. Um, Stompa gets stabbed, stabbed through the chest from the back by Barda when um, Stompa tried to take out Wonder Woman. And then this leads to Wonder Woman trying to take down um, Mad Harriet. But unfortunately, Barda gets captured when um, it seems like Granny Goodness has jumped through with the steel chair from behind before the referee turned around in time. So now we're at that moment of just like, we were wondering, will Barda die? Because she's like, don't worry about me, Diana. Just never surrender let them kill me and just keep on going and i'm just like no you're literally our best bet here yeah i do love her hardcore just like nah i'm good just Mm. i can die that's fine just don't let them win um (laughs) but luckily they are able to take a brief second advantage when wonder woman uses her lasso they break free and there's a moment where barda can kill granny goodness but it's a whole like moral question of why she shouldn't why why though? Because you guys have been killing people since you got here, including some of the Furies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's really no I get like she wasn't actively fighting, and maybe that's what they were going for, that it wouldn't have been self-defense, but I thought there was a missed opportunity there because they absolutely should kill Granny Goodness. Absolutely. But uh they don't. Uh, meanwhile, Batman jumps out of a giant dog. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and it's revealed that he has set up some spores in Darkseid's basement that if they explode, they will essentially take out the entire planet. And Darkseid smacks him around, tries to get him to admit he's bluffing, but he buys Batman's poker face and decides, you know what? Fine, take Kara and go, but there's a little bit of a problem with Kara before it, she goes anywhere. Yeah, because uh, it seems like Kara, one, has gotten another outfit change. She's now wearing this like very vampiric looking outfit. As um, Darkseid tells Superman as he arrives that Kara is more than welcome to leave if she wants to, which shows the extent of Kara's brainwashing because she immediately starts to attack Superman upon Darkseid's orders. This leads to a battle inside Darkseid's throne room to then outside into one of his hell pits where they are just fighting through this fire. And it's clear that um, Kara is definitely a great fighter. I think definitely all that training that she got on the... um, All that training that she got and the mascara and probably a little bit here is being shown as she's given Superman the work. Fortunately for Superman, though, I guess he pulls ahead in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I guess it's implied like most of the fight he's not, he's holding back, and then he just decides to fight better and the fight's over instantly. <laughs> what is this? What is that Disney movie? It's just like just skate better. Just skate fight better, Superman. Just fight better. Maybe Brink. I'm I'm not sure, but <laughs> so yeah. Um, our heroes go home as uh, Kara wakes up in Demascara. Yeah, and um, at this point, she is just happy to be home. She says she got brainwashed and did terrible things. When? Because 
from a narrative standpoint, it literally looks like she got brainwashed. She had an outfit change and then she punched her cousin a little bit. And I'm like, that's honestly, everybody does that. Like even Batman has done that. You're like, what terrible things have you done? The timing in this movie is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. But um, she decides that to hang out and say, you know, show her face around the heroes, see the statue to her deceased friend. And there's a weird moment where she says her mother's name to Batman because Batman asked her earlier, do you remember your mother's name? And she couldn't at the time. Um, And she says her mother's name and Batman smiles. Mm -hmm. It it reminded me of like, why did you say that name (laughs) in reverse? And also, was this a a thing they were building up to? (laughs) Yeah, because it was it would have made sense if like they had shown at some point if Superman said the name to Batman and he was like testing her. But like she could have literally said any name and gotten away with it. So facts. But um, so Clark decides that um that you know maybe she just needs some time to just become an earth girl once again. So he decides to take her to Smallville to go stay with his um his adoptive parents, John and Martha Kent. And the entire time they're having this conversation, and she's wondering, like, will they like her? And you know, she's also wondering about his own, um, you know, her her own place in the world because compared to to Clark's, because she's saying that, you know, he can be Clark, he could be Kal-El, he could be Superman. He's created this whole set of lives and life for himself to the point it involves a wife and way to drop this, a son. Um, yeah. It was just like, okay, cool. Um, Superman as a kid did, didn't realize we were never going to get introduced to that. <laughs> So, and he's just telling her that it's basically okay that, you know, uh, his parents will love her her just as much as they loved him. And as he is getting ready to open the door to see if Ma Kent is baking her famous apple pie, um, instead of a pie, Clark gets a knuckle sandwich right to the face from Darkseid. I I can't even lie. I've had my issues with the movie, but this is the most gangster thing I've ever seen. This is... (laughs) Showing up at your dudes, at your enemy's parents' house to punch them as soon as it's on site. As soon as they get to the door, they, they no one sees it coming. And he just goes, promise to come after Kara, not to come after Kara. But I didn't say anything about killing you. And he, you're long overdue. Oof. I love this introduction. He immediately hits Superman with those Omega beams, throws him into space and just assumes he's dead. So that now Kara and Darkseid can fight while absolutely destroying this farm. Um, I will say a little part of the choreography I did like uh, particularly is a part where Kara lasers Darkseid's feet. He's like, ow! And I'm like, what? Why? (laughs) But I I didn't hate it, but I'm like, this is such a weird detail to add to this fight. Darkseid got them corns, you know, he got... Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah, That's what it was. They were cooking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and oh man this fight was amazing though because she's really showing like the way that i feel like she was definitely holding back on apocalypse because the way that she was giving dark side the work this time around like the, the way she was dodging things the grapple hooks the like basically she was suplexing this dude and he couldn't take it 
until unfortunately um he does hit her with the omega beams i swear this dude be cheating with those things um because she she invent, eventually ends up getting knocked out because of it and this gives superman time to recuperate because somehow he get hit so far that he flew close to the sun uh giving him time to recharge as he flies back down he's dark side's about to leave and this is when upon trying to stop dark side from entering the boom tube which i wish that they changed the line here because um at one he tells the dark side that did you really think we're gonna let you leave that easily and I was just like, I really just wanted him to say round two, man. Yeah. Like, you had it right there, and you just did it. Oh, well. Um, but round two starts as Superman starts putting in that work, and I'm pretty sure that Dark Side died, like, five times. <laughs> yeah, do you love... The choreography here is great. Uh, there's a moment where Superman is, like, in a tornado around Dark Side, shooting mm-hmm. laser beams and, like, marking up his entire body. Darkseid hits Superman with the Omega Beam straight to the face. And as good as this fight is, I have to ask, why did Darkseid come here? Because didn't he, I believe he came to kill Superman. Superman is clearly fine. And he was just going to dip. I don't understand what, what you accomplished today. <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't, it did not make any sense whatsoever and that's an issue i have which i'll talk about in the comic book section but we gotta wrap up our film here because um mainly because i don't want to deal with it anymore (laughs) but also (laughs) but also because um this distraction gives supergirl enough time to recover she grabs the the mother box that dark side uses to travel through boom tubes and she turns it back on while superman's able to laser vision um, dark sides through the boom tube as the two of them superman and kara just relax you know they dealt through a lot and superman's thinking about how dark side's going to come back to which kara says well i actually reprogrammed the mother box to a different location so uh, dark side's going to really regret teaching me how to do that as we see dark side floating through space turning into a dark side popsicle i don't know of a quick way to say that except for that's what it was yeah Side side cycle, dark side cycle. We'll 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 workshop it with our yeah, uh, marketing yeah. department. Um, <laughs> so as after Ma and Pa can't realize their homeowner rates are about to go way up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a weird extended joke about Supergirl pounding. I don't. Yeah. Why? It's like I'm really good at pounding, and it's supposed to be really funny. But was this it, mentioned it before? Or it didn't hit. It didn't. No, it didn't. It it missed completely. Yeah. And uh, so the, the last scene, we get Supergirl back on Themyscira. Superman's making this big announcement. He's announcing that his cousin is ready to start helping. And she's got on her new crop top uh, super suit, which, you know, your midriff is exposed. And you know how I feel about exposed midriffs on costumes. <laughs> Don't care, you're vulnerable. And the movie ends with the two flying around, hopefully to some future story that's not this one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is our film. So it's now it's time to figure out if this is sweet or sour. But before we do so, don't be like Dark Side and floating off into space and missing this upcoming 
podcast. Definitely check out one of these podcasts from our forgotten entertainment family members. And um, yeah, just don't be dark side. <laughs> Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country and sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Kraken When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, so that was a Forgotten Entertainment podcast you should be listening to when you're not listening to ours. So now it's time for our final rating of this film. In 2010, when Superman and Bat- Superman Batman Apocalypse dropped, and now we are in currently 2022, is this movie sweet or sour? This is a sour, sour lemon. Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> this movie, it the major problems of this movie boil down to the time things happen. Um, the two months at Themyscira is completely arbitrary because... We don't see a simple basic storytelling problem. We don't know if Supergirl became better at fighting. We are told that she had trouble controlling her abilities, but she doesn't really have to do that during her Themyscira training, which would have been interesting to see. If it wasn't her losing a sword fight, it was her learning not to break someone during a sword fight. That would have made more logical sense as we're going in. But the movie continuously foregoes logic to get to the next plot point, to the fact where her whole turn to the dark side, literally arc, um, is so glanced over that we have no emotion to it. She just, we're there and she's just like, I want to kill my cousin, but we don't feel anything because we haven't seen what she's gone through. And it seems like she's been there two minutes mm-hmm. and they don't bother to tell us if it's been longer. So a lot of the movie's issues come down with timing, character motivations make absolutely no sense. Even Darkseid's grand plan, he just was like, oh, at the end, he's like, instead of trying to take Kara back to Apocalypse, he says, you know what? I'm just going to leave her. Why? Yeah. I, I don't tell me he honors the promise of Batman that severely. Like, I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see a, a lo- why a lot of things happen. And right off the bat, I can say my Arte alteration is to do something bigger with Barda. Mm-hmm. Literally. I think she has such an interesting story of leaving Darkseid and making her own path that could have really lined up nicely with Supergirl. What if they meet when she's on Themyscira? And the, the two train together and they she has the instincts of a fury. And when they get captured, they both get captured. They both end up in apocalypse and trying to fight out of apocalypse because just having her say Wonder Woman was so cool. We don't know who Barda is. We don't know why she's here. So just give Barda something more to do. I think that would have helped um, some of the Kara stuff. It, it's not a complete fix because this movie needs more work but that that's the main thing uh how do you feel what, what is this landing for you oh man it is so sour this is soured over time 
honestly. I feel bad for saying it mainly because um, this is our, I want to say a full kind of sit down introduction to Supergirl. This is out. We've had the, the main points I've known of Supergirl are the original movie, um, which does take some um, creative liberties when it comes to just like her identity, her connection to Superman. I don't even think it ever actually even gets addressed that she's a cousin of Superman in the original film. Then we have the animated series in which Superman, um, the, the Superman animated series in which she gets introduced in, uh, I believe it was season three or four of it. And then at this point in which this film came out, um, Smallville would just be about ending. So we already had that introduction of Supergirl there. So this is probably the most we ever gotten of Supergirl. And at the time, it would have been great because it's such a great story that includes so many parts of the Superman mythos. But now that we've gotten to a point where we have so much Supergirl content out there, we have another one on the way. It just feels like this one definitely fell short. Like it's, we spent, it felt like we spent more time with um, just like planet hopping and like area hopping than we did with even addressing who Supergirl is. Like she doesn't even get a title card in this film. She's if it wasn't for the fact, it's just because it's called Apocalypse, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. There is no mention of her of her in this, so it's clear that even if she's supposed to be a main plot point was she going to be a main focus? And it feels like that really didn't happen. And um, also, it just, it's something that comes up a lot in the film in which she's talking about why can't she just make her own decisions? And it's like, well, one, yes, you are very superpowered, so we have to make sure that you at least know how to act in the world. But then also it's like, why can't she? But then also, what are your decisions? Like, it doesn't seem like we get a sense of really who she is, except mm-hmm. it's just like, we just have to deal with the fact that Supergirl is here. And it's just like, what do you do when you have like uh, a megaton warhead flying around with um, in the, within the capabilities of a teenager? And I think the, the, the entire film was not an ideal storytelling for me now. I will say it is probably one of the best fights I've ever seen Supergirl in. Because that super that Supergirl dark side fight is hands down some of the best ones I've seen. I think it's one of the ones that gets like thrown around a lot on social media too, because it's trying to show like how good of a fighter Supergirl is, how great of a fighter that Superman is, and also um, you know, Dark Side's willing to give in that work. But we lose a lot, I feel, with just like trying to go through all these different scenarios in which Supergirl gets placed in or Kara gets placed in. Um Ash, like, they're, everybody else is trying to dictate where her life is taking her. And I agree. I wanted more of Barda. Um, I think we're at a point now where it's just like, we need, we need something dealing with Barda. There, there's too much of a rich history there to just leave it to be that, like, you have to infer from Easter eggs. Like, this seems like we're at that point now where it's just like, give us something with Barda. Show us how she rose through the ranks as a... Um, as like a person on dark sides, like honor guard. And then, you know, how she brought herself here, because I felt like honestly, she was the most, she was the only character in the film that I felt like a connection to. And I felt like I spent the least amount of time with her. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think um, she is just so underutilized and yeah, there's so much you could do. 
like they had a little Mr. Miracle tease in there I saw too mm-hmm. um, but we don't really get enough to work with with her uh, I think it would be a very cool to do a Wonder Woman Barda movie um, like a team up of some sorts mm-hmm. live action or animated I think it'd be cool to have those two bounce off each other during a movie because they have comparable strength Yeah, but yeah utilize her more like last week we were so I, I was remember being so pleasantly surprised by Power Girl and her story and I was really into that and I was kind of hoping they could do something with do that here but they don't really do that with either Barter or Supergirl I think Power Girl legitimately has more character development mm-hmm. and more of an arc in that movie than both those characters combined here yeah yeah I definitely agree and honestly I kind of wish that it was reversed in a way like in a different scenario there's a whole thing with like power girl and you know who she really is but it kind of would have been cool if it was like um you know we did this movie first where she and it doesn't actually doesn't even play out like this in the comics this the way that happens in the comics is exactly how it plays out in our films or two back-to-back films here but i kind of wish they did like we introduced um uh kara in that first set of films in that first film and then maybe you know, Power Girl, like, have, like, if it is end up being staying here as Power Girl, that's totally fine. If it ends up being Supergirl and she actually, she ends up, like, siding with Lex during that thing, like, that would have been kind of, like, a great transition because Power Girl and Supergirl are basically the same person. So it's weird that, like, Batman was so willing to trust Power Girl over Supergirl when it's, like, we, I feel like we know less about Power Girl than we know about Kara at this point. So yeah. it's weird that I kind of wish that it, that it was a little bit reversed and maybe Power Girl was just like grown up Supergirl. Yeah, that would have worked better because there would have been a more bigger debate about independence and mm-hmm. identity that we just don't get here. It's just really all exposition and mouth service, but there's really not a deep dive, as deep of a dive as I would have liked. Yeah. That does bring me over to now our comic book section, which, uh, to be honest, there wasn't that much of a deeper <laughs> deep dive that they added into the comics either. Um, mainly because this comic and this film are approximately ninety eight percent the same. Mm, okay, no, no big surprises. Yeah, no big surprises, except actually there is uh, one that I'm going to be counting as our WTF moment in comics. Um, because so this comic, um, once again, it is the second arc of the Superman Batman comics that was put together by Jeff Loeb. This time, instead of Ed McGinnis, who did the first arc, we have Michael Turner, who's providing the um, coloring and the pencils for this one. And this story takes place in issues eight through 13 of the same series. It's called the Supergirl from Krypton story arc that ran from May of 2004 and wrapped up in like, um, like either September or October of 2004. Uh, in this, as I mentioned, it is more or less the same story, same introduction of Kara, same um, influences of like the aftermath of the Krypton, the Kryptonite meteor um, crashing into Earth, like the rather the bits and pieces of it. They find Kara, they get taken in by Wonder Woman and Demascara. Darkseid wants to bring Kara in. They end up getting in the fighting the doomsday clones and they also end up having to go to apocalypse everything's the same except for the end and 
this is why I, I'm, I'm shocked to say this. The end of the movie is way better than the end of the story arc. Okay. I don't see how, but how? <laughs> <laughs> so this is our WTF moment in comments, at least for me. So um, basically what happened was at the end of the story, very, um, Kara wakes up in the mascara. She sees the, the tribute to Lila harboring her. And she also does the whole Allura thing to to Batman showing that she knows her mother's name now. As they are heading to Smallville, at this moment, uh, Kara has already accepted that she wants to become Supergirl. Um, Before, in the movie, it was during, after the battle with Darkseid, that's when they decided, that's when she decided to become a champion and become a fighter. This time around, she decides to do it to honor Lila, which is a sweet, nice, sweet moment here. And as they're flying over to um, Smallville and they go to the door, Darkseid does the same thing, punches through, starts attacking them. And when in the movie and in the comic, Clark gets hit by the Omega Beams first, but then Kara jumps in to defend him. In the movie, she just gets knocked out by the Omega Beams. In the comic, she gets disintegrated into dust. Okay. Mm-hmm. Superman automatically thinks that she's dead. So he immediately starts attacking Darkseid to the point very similar to how we saw in our film. He's just giving Darkseid the work. He uses the boom tube that Darkseid came out of. Um, I think he also knows how to reprogram it in the comics, but he uses it to fly Darkseid over to the source wall, which is the end of time space in our universe where it's actually a prison for like they're operating it as a prison for the worst of the worst where he takes dark side and pushes him against the source wall where he's trapped with the rest of the too scary for the multiverse villains interesting and it, <laughs> that's just it that's how it ends um that's how it ends for dark side superman flies back home where he is now met by the entire justice league the other thing that does happen to is that um, Wonder Woman does join in and on the fight um, against Darkseid to help Clark out for a quick second. But as they fly, as he flies back, he sees the entire Justice League is already rebuilding his family's farm. Like Green Lantern has actually already bought the, well, I guess with Bruce Wayne's money, but or may have actually bought it himself, bought a tractor to replace the tractor that was broken during the fight. And Batman walks over in this glass container filled with the dust that that was Kara. Uh, to hold it as an urn for for car for for to bring as an urn for superman uh superman heads on over to themiscara because he it seems like we're going to do a kind of like lay her ashes somewhere keep it somewhere safe and he walks through this portal where we see that kara is still alive okay just uh randomly omega beam somewhere else i guess nope um so Kara is saved by Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman kept an eye on her for the mascara and somehow used a teleportation device to switch her with a set of dust that Superman believed to be Kara because it was his plan all along to pretend that Kara died so that Darkseid, thinking that he would he killed her, will never come back for them again. Um, but it, he was saying that he needed, he told the league to do this plan because he needed it to be believable enough in any scenario 
that like he'd be willing to go the extra mile to take out dark side and that's what he did um this is when he talks to Kara. she's like he tells her that you can now be wherever you want to be you do whatever you want to do we want to give you that opportunity now and eventually she decides with some time that she wants to become supergirl again so she dons the costume gets introduced to the entire rest of the league and the teams the outsiders the team titans the jsa the jla so basically it was a roundabout way to bring us back to the beginning of her being introduced to supergirl no (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't care for this at all Especially since he eventually put Darkseid in a prison, so it really wouldn't have mattered the whole fake death thing. It just seems cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the major difference. Uh, one thing that they also did include, which I wish that they did more of, maybe in this one, in the film, was that the Trinity, they each talk about the sidekick that they lost in comparison to um, Superman having Kara taken away from him by Darkseid. Um, Superman at one point is very aggravated over the fact of everything. It's a plot point that continues on throughout the entire story in which he's mad at Batman for enacting the plan with Wonder Woman to have um, Kara be taken and also for not accepting Kara from the get-go. Also that um, Kara was basically taken from Paradise Island, so that's why he's mad at Wonder Woman. But the main thing is that they have a conversation about what it was it like to lose their their person like their their sidekicks for batman is jason todd for one woman is donna troy and superman says something that um batman's just like i'm gonna talk to him about this later because i didn't appreciate the fact that he brought up jason todd and it continues on as a plot point for batman and his internal monologuing in which he's like he does it and it's like right between the moment in which um batman hush where um, Clayface pretends to be Jason um, brought back to life and right before it's revealed that Jason is still alive thanks to the, um, the Lazarus bit so it's that moment where it's just like Batman's like wondering he's mad at Superman for bringing that up in that way but also um, is toying with him because he's now pick, he's now understanding why Superman is upset as he is about Kara not being protected because here is a moment in which Kara was taken and Batman and Superman's willing to do anything for it. And Superman is trying to explain to them that like, y'all will do it in the same way, given your, your scenarios. And Batman's now trying to process that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that would have been a nice little thing. I mean, I like this movie could have handled that, but yeah, uh, no. <laughs> would have been nice to include. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that was the, that was the two major things. Um, basically, uh, to conversation about lost sidekicks and some weird convoluted way to of witness protection, I guess. All else fails, get your teleporter and a little bit of dust and you can <laughs> fool anyone. And you know, I, I know we've been, uh, it seems like we're just doing a Superman and Batman season. It's not true at all because we got something different for you next time around. Yes, thank, thank Oa, because we are finally going to get a chance to talk about a new hero, Green Lantern. So in the meantime, take care of yourselves and remember that, um, you know, if you see a naked person walking in the streets and they're walking towards you, don't don't be creepy. Try to help. If anything, offer a jacket. Don't offer a weird hand.
Yes. And the next time you go to your parents' farmhouse, just be ready to throw hands. <laughs> In any scenario, you never know. You never know. You never know. That's true. <laughs>